0: Welcome to the data podcast for nerds, where we talk to amazing data professionals and basically ask them how they use data to solve the world's problems. We also focus on fun bits because we're all nerds here and we like to have fun. So today with us, we have the data whisperer, Scott Taylor, welcome Scott. Thank you so much for coming with me and being on my show. How are you? Doing? Hi
1: Monica, great to see you. I appreciate the uh dinosaur jammies. If I'd known the I didn't get that <laughs> wardrobe note but next time. But well, great to see you as always. I love your wacky, fun, informative style. So thrilled to be here on the the nerd show.
0: Thank you so much. <laughs> and you look comfortable too. So it's all about I'm super comfort. Comfortable.
1: I try We're comfort just chilling. as my default mode.
0: <laughs> Amazing. Yes, that's I mean, why wouldn't you want to be?
1: comfortable? Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. All right. So as usual, we like to kick things off with the superhero nerd theme and learn about people's origin stories. So can you let us know, like, how did you originally get into data?
1: How did I get into data? My parents told me as a kid, instead of building with my lego i sorted them so i think that was an initially my my kind of the way i expressed this idea of data management sorting categorizing structured elements i also one of the first jobs i had out of college was selling maps physical paper maps door to door And that taught me the importance of location information, address verification and updating this content on a regular basis because I go door to door into these offices and I would have like the latest map which was a blue cover and you could see in the back of their office like in a bookcase they'd have the yellow cover and I knew that that was two years old so I'd say oh this is two years old so sort of retrofitting my experience to all focusing on data. But when I really got started in data was working for a very um, sort of niche data provider that is now part of Nielsen. And I came there because the people who ran it knew I knew how to tell stories. You know, I've been doing data storytelling since it was, well, since storytelling was two words, let's put it Mm -hmm. that way. And I helped them really convey the power and value of what this brand was all about. Built a whole brand at Nielsen based on these legacy deliverables, launched it, did all the go-to-market and the kind of visionary stuff. And that got me deeply into the data management side of the business, data stewardship, data governance, master data, reference data, metadata, all those foundational activities that really every enterprise needs. But that's where I started. And, you know, a not very well-kept secret is I don't actually work with data. I talk about data. Mm -hmm. And now what I do is talk about how people talk about data. But I am not a hands-on data professional by any means. I am kind of very top-level, high-level, conversational, symbolic, conceptual way (laughs) of conveying importance of this stuff that folks like you actually work with on a day-to-day mm-hmm. basis so I think we all have a part to play I think I play mine extremely well but I don't get physical I don't touch anything you don't want me programming stuff you don't want me actually touching the data but I'm the guy who helps you talk about it in a very compelling business accessible way
0: I would think that you use data in at least your like personal life, right? Like everybody has some kind of experience with using data. That's why data is such an awesome thing because it's literally everywhere. And so you say that you don't use data, but I bet you do. <laughs> well,
1: in a, uh, sure. In, in and in a personal life, yes, we all use data. And because of my professional understanding of it, I get Kind of comically frustrated with normal everyday <laughs> things that happen that you know are based on people having bad data. So when yeah. you go to a hotel and your key doesn't work in the and it's like, well, you get a red light, which means the physical door knob works and the mm-hmm. key is being read. But you go downstairs and you say, "Look, I, you know, you, did you really check me in?" That's a data problem. They didn't change my status in that database if you will mm-hmm. to make me active to make the key work so those kinds of things you just go oh that's just bad data and uh, on the reverse side you know speaking with hotels as a motif i went into this a couple of years ago i was I went, I went to shanghai and i hadn't been there for about 10 years and i walk in and i'm checking in and the guy goes behind this oh mr taylor we're so happy to have you back and last time you were here you had this type of room and so we'd like to give you something like that but enhance it a little more i'm going well this guy's got great data it's the only way that works he didn't know me so that's the data in his system keeping track of me as a customer and presenting that in the right place the right time the right context to effectively enhance that consumer experience Mm -hmm. that's data at work in the right way so yes I don't work with the data behind the scenes, but I'm Mm -hmm. exposed to and sensitive to the power of data across a lot of normal, everyday interactions.
0: Now, if we go back to, you know, the map, paper maps, dictionary days and whatnot, how would you define data? Like definition, open up the dictionary. What does Scott Taylor
1: I mean, today data is kind of, I think, sort of the, digital representation of some form of activity but before there were computers before there was electricity data was you know information statistics numbers things you know lists of things are my my favorite kind of examples of data i mean that's all it is right and and you know tables and if you look at uh Cave person drawings. People suggest <laughs> that as a form of data. Yeah. So that 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 proves that not only data isn't the new oil. Data is actually older than oil. If you mm-hmm. lose, if you use flintstone timing, that uh, cave people were actually creating data. Or the the Domesday Book in like ten ninety nine or ten eighty something. It was a mm-hmm. compendium by Richard the Conqueror, William the Conqueror. Sorry. Uh, Who then tracked and wanted to document everybody in Britain and everything they owned for tax purposes in this massive book was, you know, you could call that a database. Had all this structured, referenceable, consistently formatted information about all kinds of stuff. Hmm. So... You know when people say data is the new whatever, I interrupt them before they get to whatever analogy they're going to use. I go, data is not new, okay? Data's been around before computers, before
0: electricity,
1: before software. There was data before a lot of
0: things. There was data. Uh, yeah, it was the new oil. What's the new? What's the new
1: new? I don't know what new. I hate. I hate all of those. Like why because it it really it really strikes you know the work i do is to help people tell a better data story mm-hmm. that's the work i do and when i say data story i mean the stories about why managing data is important to their organization there's two kinds of data stories out there in my estimation there's the kind i'm talking about why data is important but there's also the more recognized data storytelling which is really about analytics it should be called analytic storytelling but that Mm course has left the barn and that type of data storytelling is putting metrics and and analysis in some palatable form to drive a sort of business action you know Mm -hmm. visualization narrative all that kind of stuff so there's a ton of books out there about analytics data storytelling, but I felt there was room in the space to formalize a practice around data management, data storytelling. Okay, And that's what I do. Awesome. So the whole new thing. So when I hear people say that it's like the purpose of using analogies and similes and imagery in a conversation is to shorten the distance people have from hearing your idea and understanding it. Mm-hmm. Right. So you say, "Oh, well, XYZ, it's actually like this." And people go, "Oh, okay, I get it." So when yeah. you say something as amorphous and 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 somewhat controversial as data is the new oil, people don't immediately know what you're talking about.
0: True. Sure.
1: Because some people say, "Well, it's like oil because it needs to be refined and it's uh, you know, it fuels things." And then some people say, "Well, it's not like oil because oil is know, tangible and you can use it up and it pollutes and data, you oh. can use it all the time. So it's kind of like oil or it's, or it's not like, or it's like oil because people are trying to control the distribution. I go, there's, it proves my point. The fact that we can't <laughs> agree on it means <laughs> that the business side is confused. So why are we yeah. using, all you got to do is look through LinkedIn. You'll see the latest iterations of people ranting about data is the new oil and it's like i mean it this way and you mean it that way it's like enough already people don't understand what you're talking about if you use an analogy and then you spend three minutes explaining what you mean Mm -hmm. by that that in my view is the definition of a terrible analogy
0: that's true it should speak for itself
1: it should speak for itself
0: yeah the progression that I've seen, too, is that data, treat data as an asset. And now we've progressed to treat data as a product. Have you seen this?
1: Yeah, yeah. Data product okay. is a new buzzword, yeah. buzzword out there. Data product, data productization, data as a product.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah,
1: I just, you know, just get with it. I don't, I don't <laughs> under. You got me riled up here now, Monica, <laughs> which I know you're looking for.
0: I know you love buzzwords, though. I mean, I I, I, I like to pick
1: on buzzwords. I go, why, if you take a step back, a big step back, why do we need to actually make all this stuff in data some form of thing? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Why? Why do we, and I see, you know, capital W in the we, as a industry, Uh we are always trying to coin new words for existing things. We're always trying to do what I call the Mean Girls School of Marketing, where I'm sure you're a student of Mean Girls.
0: Yes, um, absolutely. As I was, so I <laughs>
1: saw that movie. And uh,
0: uh,
1: Gretchen keeps going, fetch. You know, that's yep. so fetch. Wow, that's really fetch. <laughs> and then Regina goes, stop trying to make fetch happen. And that's what I feel like. I feel like I'm, you know, in a certain way, the Regina of the data mm-hmm. space trying, stop trying to make data product happen. Stop trying to make lake house happen. Stop trying to make... Stop trying to make all these things kind of the new coined phrase Mm
0: -hmm.
1: because get on with the work, do the work.
0: Yeah.
1: I don't see other departments continually going through generation upon business generation of brand new terms for existing things to, you know, make it the new stuff. Now, some people are really good at it. Yeah. There are things out there where it should be used, but I just think there's a, 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 a preposterous amount of it going on <laughs> in our space. And it doesn't seem to serve any, and then we get cute, right? You really got like, as soon as yeah. the oil came out, people were like, well, no, it's not the new oil, it's the new soil.
0: Get oh, it because
1: gosh. it lands with oil, but it's soil. So you plant, it was like when big data came out, people were like, oh, well, it's yeah, not big data, but you need little data or data lakes. We are around for about 20 minutes till people started getting cute and going, Oh, but it's a data swamp. You don't want to turn into a data swamp. It's like, who are we? I guess we're. I missed all the all swamp
0: part. Okay. It's just it's
1: constant. It's just like this constant <laughs> gibberish of just like, just do the work. Just do the work, help uh-huh. your business, and, you know, figure out what to call it all later.
0: It's part I, of my. I agree.
1: So sort of resign to that. It's like enough.
0: I agree. All Uh, right.
1: I'll take a breath here.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's move the focus then, um, rather than Scott's origin story, and get into our fun bits. I have have a fun music thing. Oh, it's
1: startling. Yes. I like that. (laughs) Nice.
0: Yes. Okay. So, with our fun bits, um, Scott, if you don't already know, it has amazing puppet friends. One of them is a B
1: the ITB. I'm not going to do live puppets here, but I'll show you the characters. The ITB yes. speaks only in buzzwords and his origin story. Would you like to hear his origin story? It I absolutely the first, would.
0: Yes, please. The
1: first puppet I ever did. So I worked for Dun & Bradstreet and my job at Dun & Bradstreet was to help them create a better story about their data. In specific, their master data services, and it's a huge organization—five thousand people plus dozens of partners—a global organization. And and I had created this story, which was working well; salespeople liked it, but I had to um, kind of spread the news a little in a little more scalable fashion. So the the HR department, this is kind of these two things get related. So the HR department put this little initiative internally where people, they invited people to do internal videos about being confident, okay? What makes you confident at Dun & Bradstreet to do the job you need to do and what are some tips that you have? to help you in business and it was all internal. So I did one that was, kind, you know, it was just me and I talked about some things I always do in meetings and generating excitement and stuff like that. And that went well. Then I did a puppet one and it struck me, sometimes these things just literally just come to you. (laughs) They had a, I hope you have time for this. They had this uh, graphic that had a whole bunch of different code letters to identify different flaws in data, okay, and there were all these different kind of combinations, okay. and if you they and there were like twelve of them, it was ridiculously overcomplicated, <laughs> and they used this same set of twelve letters in examples all the time, and I looked at it; it was all Z's and B's. I look at them like that's like a Bosby Fosby is um. what it was, if you pronounced it, which nobody ever pronounced it. It was like just a series. I go, but that sounds like a B. And so I did a thing where I had like a little cartoon and he was saying this thing I was trying to, and then I thought, oh, I love this character. I got to name him. I'm at Dun and Bradstreet. What should I call him? Dean B. Hmm. Dean B. The place was D and B. So I called him Dean B. Hmm. And nobody had come up with that i'm like this 175 year old company nobody's ever come up with a you know twist of phrase of their own name a character uh-huh. called dean b instead of dean b and uh, invariably every, when i told the ceo he's like oh so i did this <laughs> puppet video of dean b this was the character dean b mm-hmm. and i had i don't know 20 30 jokes about dun and brad street um which were really inside baseball jokes. Some of them I knew maybe one or two people would laugh at. They were that like specifically satirical about stuff, but Mm -hmm. it was a huge hit. So I do this, I send it out there. I send it to HR. They never even saw it before. The head of HR writes back and goes, who is this person? I need to know this person. So that just exploded my profile across Dun & Bradstreet. It became the number one viewed video in the organization, even above the sea level Christmas greeting.
0: Oh, and, wow.
1: Uh, it was a little subversive because the marketing people hated it because I was using their, you know, their, it, it wasn't on brand, but it was like <laughs> totally on brand. And, uh, I saw the president, he goes, oh, that effing puppet, that puppet kills me." people <laughs> just love. It. So that I became known as Dean B at Dun & Bradstreet. Oh, there was wow. one sales, uh, Meaning that they had in China that I wasn't even part of. That somebody dressed up as a bee. It's just like we brought them to Japan. People are taking pictures. So crazy stuff. So then I left on Brad Street, and uh, I wanted to do more puppets. Mm. Oh, so, I obviously I had Dean. I couldn't call him Dean B, so I called him the ITB. I had the uh, CDO, the Chief Dog Officer, who's a hit. Yes. Um. And they go off in their wild adventure mm-hmm. trying to fix data in the organization. So it might have been a little longer story than we were looking for, but uh
0: No, you know, I love it.
1: Origin, so so there are people <laughs> at that in Brad Street who know Dean B from like the old days. Uh and my sign in for Zoom calls had a, like a little B I, I just went for it was like, okay, this and that gave me a whole bunch of attention and exposure uh-huh. that mm-hmm. I had not had before. And help me accelerate the uh, the adoption of the serious work I was doing, mm-hmm. which was around this master data story. So these things, if it's anything out there, it's to show you know, help prove to your audience if you you can use really highly creative, somewhat wacky stuff to prove and amplify an extremely serious point, because it just disarms people it just grabs them mm-hmm. in people who you know politically didn't like what i was doing but it was hard for them not to laugh at a wacky puppet who was <laughs> making really good jokes about the company
0: true did dean b ever make it into like the marketing branding documentation They wouldn't let it
1: anywhere they were, they were <laughs> like they were like like the market like the brand police guy was like well you can't show this internally," and you know there's no it's like oh just get up just lighten up will ya? oh it's hilarious and I said the background I used the background that was the brand Mm -hmm. colors I remember oh
0: yeah okay talking
1: to him about it he's like well we can show it but we can't show it outside the organization and these partners in Europe are love oh people just love yeah so I knew I I hit I hit on something and uh, then when I did the the chief dog officer and uh, the monkey business and that particular video that's my most popular video so
0: yeah
1: i'm i'm moving and i've showed that at conferences it's a great way to lighten people up and it's really a thrill to see like a movie ver- you know something you've done in video shown up on a relatively large screen in front of a large audience and watch people i sit this way I, like people are sitting i sit this way and yeah. a lot of People. i know i memorize <laughs> it's like i want to see their reactions i want to see what <laughs> they laugh at i want to see. You know what they're and it's 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 extremely gratifying
0: i i do that too when i'm showing my husband a video on tv i'll just like so look at him at the corner of my eye like is he laughing does he like this yeah yeah. (laughs) that's awesome um so do you have i heard you have some big puppet news for us big
1: puppet plans here I would say my most uh, creative endeavor this year is to extend this puppet franchise into an epic multi-part puppet-verse um, series where the uh, CDO, the chief dog officer, and the ITB go off and try to deliver value from data for the organization. Very simple premise, one that's relatable to everybody. But the first thing they do, of course, is hire a cat sultan. Because you need yes. that from, in this case, from Meow Kinsey. Used to work at Accent <laughs> And uh, <laughs> they talked to an antelist from Gardner. So that'll that'll be fun. Ooh. They do some demos with uh, Micro Spoon and Sales Fork. These are not completed yet. These are in-process puppets. They're wood. You wonder if they're So I, that, so it's, Epic multi-part. I've got some of the script done. I don't have enough of it done, but I'll be focusing on that in the next couple of weeks. It's tentatively called The Enterprise Journey to the Center of the Single Version of the Truth. Oh, wow. It's the greatest data story ever told because it's yours. That's my approach there.
0: Oh, I love that. So Is wow. there a theme song playing in the background? I like. There's a theme it. song,
1: but I'm not gonna. It ends with this massive musical <laughs> finale. Okay. It's all it's all in here right now, which I don't want to release just yet because I've got to work on it. But it's got to okay. end with a song. Yes, there's music. It does.
0: Ones. I yeah,
1: agree. Yeah. So there's there's one scene where the, uh the chief dog officer, if you know, I don't know if you know Carruthers and Jackson. They're wonderful. Caroline Carruthers, Peter Jackson. They do a. Among other things they do, you should take it. You should sign up for it. They do a yearly summer school, summer school for data leaders, CDO summer school. And uh, so I wrote a scene for them. I'm doing kind of like a Simpsons-like casting approach where I've got people playing sort of lovingly satirical versions of themselves to a certain degree. And so they're playing a lovingly satirical version of themselves. So instead of the CDO summer school, they're running the chief dog officer obedience school. Oh. And uh, they send the dog a buzz collar. So he wears this collar. And every time he says a buzz word, they hit a button. It's like, and the dog.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: Try and train him to focus on data value. So we'll see how that we'll see how that works. Oh, but we recorded say, that already. That. So I recorded those voices. I haven't I got I've got a lot of work to do. I have to actually like lip puppet sync the voices ah. with the puppets. And I'm doing all the puppets. I'm not bragging here. It's just like I, I don't have a team. Right? I don't have a bunch mm-hmm. of puppeteers out here.
0: But I do have <laughs> a decent
1: studio set up over over this way. Okay. The green screen and lights and platform and all that kind of stuff so that's cool and um so i've got to kind of wiggle the puppets to their voices and edit it okay. up and read my part and like that but big plans over ambitious as usual yes, but i feel naturally. like if i can pull it off it'll be it'll be huge it'll be fantastic so that's my that's what i'm doing for the that's summer
0: awesome. <laughs> do you have do you have an eta this summer for the launch
1: I hope it premieres in the fall. That's my, that's my plan. Cause I actually have other real work to do as well. (laughs) A bunch of events I'm doing and, uh, creating some new content for those. So that's, you know, where it's, but I love it. It's not like, you know, work. work. I mean, I've got to do something. So (laughs) if I can do this instead of working for big corporations and dealing with Mm -hmm. all kind of hoo-ha and I get to do whatever I want, when I want, where I want with who I want, that's a pretty good, lifestyle I've finally got.
0: What else can you ask for? (laughs) Not not much. No,
1: not much, especially at this point in my career. So.
0: Awesome. Um, speaking of school, um, can you teach us how do you say data?
1: I'm a data, data, period data. I'm not a data guy. I am data. I'm also data is to get really specific. Okay. So I don't know if anybody's a well, there is no, it's either data is or data are. I don't think there's any okay. da, data is and data are. I don't hear Data
0: are?
1: Data, data are, you know, because it's plural. But mm-hmm. I think if you go data, then you probably go, oh, the data are.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Interesting. But I'm a data okay. is guy from way back.
0: Okay.
1: Datum. I don't do datum. There's always somebody in the back of the room who's like,
0: I don't have datum. <laughs>
1: Or because I live in Connecticut, I don't live too far from Long Island, where they call it Dater.
0: Dater, yes.
1: Dater Report. Yeah, Mm
0: what's that? That is one, yeah, that is a different one that I hadn't heard of yet.
1: And usually capitalize it, because I just feel like it's a thing. It's a big concept. It's
0: important.
1: It's important.
0: Yes. Along the lines of learning, how do you like to learn new things? When you have something new that you need to learn about, I know that you pretty much know everything. But I don't know everything. I don't know. Thank you. (laughs) If
1: it it appears like I do, then I'm doing something right. What YouTube is great, right? You go and you know new equipment. I got to learn. All right, watch YouTube video, put it on subtitles, and run it with no sound at twice the speed. That's a popular way to blow (laughs) through YouTube videos. But that sort of stuff, or, you know, even just go back to the instructions. But the things I'm learning these days are around either equipment that I'm trying to get better at or new concepts, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and I, I don't do a lot of heavy studying anymore. So I don't, I'm not a practitioner in new you know computer language analytics techniques Mm -hmm. I just got to know high level okay is this where is this where does this fit so and I also lean on some really technical friends I've made over the years who I respect completely because they keep me in line Mm -hmm. and you know, my superpowers are around storytelling. My whole family's superpower is, you know, we, we think we're really convincing. Ah, Wouldn't you agree? I agree. So we can tell stories. You can make stuff, and at a certain point, you can kind of make anything sound good, <laughs> but there's a danger in that because you might be full of baloney. So mm-hmm. even though you're convincing somebody of something, if it's not true, hence the hat, then you're really not doing the job you do. So when I was working in actual companies, I would always partner up with somebody rather technical Hmm. or reach out to a department. For instance, at Denimbrad Street and Nielsen, where I also worked, I would present kind of the story to production people, to operational people, the people who actually got the job done. Uh And I would preface it by saying, okay, i am put this story together I know it's going to sound compelling. We're going to get people excited about it, but you got to tell me where I'm wrong. And I'm not asking you to maybe tenderly doing that. I'm demanding that from you as part of your role in this organization that supports mine, which is if I'm saying something that's incorrect, I need to know about it because I need to change that because my credibility and our credibility as a brand is not Mm -hmm. going to be as effective if I'm out there saying blah, blah, blah. And then they're like, well, you know, that's not really how it works. So tell me that. Don't interrupt me while I'm talking, but tell me that. And so I have I continue that on an informal basis. There's a couple of people I call on all the time. It's like, I'm here about something.
0: The mm-hmm. latest one
1: was data observability. It's like, okay. all right, tell me what that really, really is. I think it's this. And if it's this, then can I explain it that way?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that where I don't learn that on my own. I have to interact with somebody and... You know, say, all right, I'm going to say it's blah, 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 blah. In the case of data observability, the reason I was so interested in learning about what it really, really was is because the messaging around data observability sounds really similar to the messaging around data governance. Mm-hmm. And I think when anybody uses kind of the raison d'etre of data governance, which is where I come from, to, to support or promote something that isn't really data governance, I uh-huh. get pissed off. So I'm like... <laughs> single you know common version of the truth cut across (laughs) silos improve your data quality i'm like how do you do all that without you know observability talks about all those things yeah and so the analogy i i vetted out to to two people actually to try and confirm it was okay data observability is just kind of watching data move from one place to another i'm not saying it's not important Mm -hmm. but when they say data quality do they really mean data quality or do they mean the quality of the flow? And so mm-hmm. analogy I might use is Mike, I'm watching TV, I'm watching cable TV. So the cable company makes sure that the signal I get is of high quality, that the delivery is on time,
0: that mm-hmm. the right
1: content is being served to me accurately. Yep. But it's got nothing to do with whether the show's any good.
0: Yeah. Or That's the a story. Good point. Makes sense. I like that.
1: So when you talk about data quality, really t- observability is really the quality of the signal and the quality of delivery. That distinction I haven't seen made anywhere. Mm-hmm. So long-winded way to say, okay, how do I tease this stuff apart? So now I have just to kind of behind the scenes how I work, now I've got a really solid analogy about why in this case data observability doesn't replace data governance I've got a good example that people can relate to and I've validated that with real experts in this case two former Gartner analysts so they know what the heck they're talking about okay and so I can solidly stand up on stage and poke at data observability slightly with I think without much risk of backlash from data observability people not that I'm anticipating (laughs) them you know breaching my my wall here but still it's again, you got to be anchored. Things could sound great, but they also have to be technically accurate. And if you can get right in the middle in that sweet spot, then you got a good data story.
0: If you're interested um, in getting a different perspective of data observability, I have a prior episode where a software engineer actually goes in um, and talks about what he's doing with data observability.
1: And targets for me are like whatever the hottest, buzziest things are. Yeah. So, you know, data observability, big, hot topic, everybody's, but it doesn't, Mm -hmm. at this point, I've been through enough cycles to know that there's no magic bullets here. There's no instant relief. There's no, just buy this software and you'll fix your data. If you don't do the hard work to get your data, right. Yeah. Then none of that other stuff matters. And Mm -hmm. that is my message, right? So you can boil my entire data philosophy down to three words, truth, before meaning. You got to determine the truth in data before you derive meaning out of it. Obviously on the truth team, hence the meaning of the truth hat, but reinforcing that with people, it's not a new concept either, but it seems like there's a space in this space to have somebody really trying to you know, rally and push that with the kind of excitement and enthusiasm and passion that we hear so many analytics leaders use about their cool stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like there's room for all of us here. Yes. And the analytics side. Uh, and so all these new things coming out, you know, data mesh doesn't fix data quality and data governance mm-hmm. either. hmm Data fabric doesn't do it either. Data lake house doesn't do it. Semantic layer doesn't do it. It's again, analogy. If you want to be a healthy person, then you've got to eat right and exercise. Yes. Right. These are the basic tenants. Nobody's figured out a way around those. Mm They figured out some cheats. You know, you can take like a drug to make you thinner. You can like bulk, but consistent, dependable trusted health is based on consistent dependable activities that are not new yep. but we get so distracted as a as an industry and think that you know if I bought a ninja foodie and a peloton I'm gonna feel better and look better but if you just hang your clothes on the <laughs> peloton it didn't work did it so. You know, and That's that the Peloton's true. the latest, you know, analytics graph hub fabric mesh that everybody's uh, going to try, mm-hmm. but nope. So yeah. anyway, I feel very secure now in sort of that place at the back of the room or the front of the stage, just yeah. yelling that. And people gravitate to it. They, it resonates with them. And I think in a lot of cases it helps support my core audience, which are data management professionals that mm-hmm. are really passionate about the work they do really deeply understand the strategic importance and are extremely frustrated because nobody listens to them. <laughs>
0: yeah. So you got to get to the source of the truth.
1: Source of the truth. Yes.
0: Yep. That's it. That's a good mantra. Do you have any other last words of encouragements or recommendations for the listeners?
1: Keep it going. If you're interested, I got a recommendation. If you're interested in any of the stuff I talked about, you want to read about it formally, you can check out my book, telling your data story, data storytelling for data management, 99% buzzword free. I did not want to overpromise, so. And it's available on Amazon. It's also available on technicspub.com. If you use data whisperer coupon code, you get 20% off on technics. Check out my videos on YouTube or follow me on LinkedIn. If you like any of this stuff, And just use clear business language, learn the business, learn your business, learn how your business already speaks and the opportunities for what you do in data, which I believe can transform any organization will come, they'll come to you if you learn your business first and you learn how your organization talks about it, you'll find those opportunities.
0: awesome well thank you so very much again for coming on the show and letting us know about everybody's origin stories
1: (laughs) (laughs) delighted to be here monica i really appreciate your energy and your spunk and your enthusiasm and creativity (laughs) in the space here we can certainly We certainly need you and more folks like you trying to just get a little bit wacky in this, you know, otherwise serious realm that we live in. So keep it up. I really, I love what you're doing.
0: Thank you so much. I love the term wacky.
1: (laughs) wacky. I I mean, that as a compliment. Yes.
0: (laughs) No, I really do love it. (laughs) All right. As always, folks, happy learning.